Hey, Packer fans, did you know that right now you can go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100? It's Sunday, it's game day, and I've got an all new prize picks entry that I'm going to play this week. I'm sticking with Packers versus Rams, and I'm sticking with the Aarons on this one. Going with Aaron Jones, more than 49 and a half rushing yards. It might be risky because Green Bay could run him four times and get bored per usual, but at some point this year, Aaron Jones is going to have a monster game. And I think in this one, he's going to get over 50 yards rushing. I'm really excited to see what Aaron Jones is going to do in this game. Then I'm going with the opposite side. I'm going with the enemy. I'm going with Aaron Donald. More than 0.25 sacks in this one. Yes, despite Josh Myers having the best season of his career, I'll take my chances on Aaron Donald getting at least a half sack against Green Bay's offensive line. Call me crazy. The best part is, is that right now you can go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. What are you waiting for? minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast What's going on, Packer fans? Happy Sunday. Welcome into an all-new episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks so much for being here today. Always appreciate it, especially on a Packers game day. Hope this episode finds you well. This is my second time recording this exact same video due to a technical glitch, so either I will be very well-versed in this episode or I might just be a little bit out of it based on recording it once already, but bear with me. And like I said, I always appreciate you being here. We've got a lot to go over. I'm going to go over my keys to the game, but let's start off with Saturday's moves and notes, and we'll start from a Packers side of things. Innis Gaines is elevated from the practice squad. I mentioned this as a option the other day. It makes a ton of sense. You have four safeties. You have five corners on your active roster. Robert Rochelle, whether or not he actually gets activated for game day or not, that one could be a little bit up in the air just based on him still being so new with the team. But you've got Jair Alexander, you've got Keyshawn Nixon, you've got Carrington Valentine, Corey Valentine, and then Rochelle as your five corners. You've got Zane Anderson. Yes, Zane Anderson. Anthony Johnson Jr. Uh, you've got Jonathan Owens, and then you've got Dallin Levitt as your four safeties. That's plenty of players to have for your active roster for your defensive backfield. But what Innis Gaines provides you is not only special teams, but he also is a safety by trade, but has been primarily a corner for the last year and a half-ish. So it gives you a lot of versatility in that defensive backfield where if you do need a safety, Gaines can step in and play. If you need a corner, Gaines can step in and play. And of course, he's going to be a primary special teams player. The Rochelle thing will be interesting. He easily could be one of the inactives, but he could actually be active and you know, primarily probably a special teams player as well. But that'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on as the 1030 inactives do come out and to see if he does get his first activity as a member of the Green Bay Packers. Meanwhile, the Rams elevated Dresser Win, not making that name up, I promise. A quarterback that they signed to the practice squad earlier this week. And of course, that leads you to believe that Matthew Stafford may not play in this game. And we did receive news from both Ian Rappaport as well as Adam Schefter and pretty much every other insider that it seems that Matthew Stafford will not play in this game, that Brett Rippon has been preparing all week as the starter. Nobody ruled him out as of recording this, which is now 1240 in the morning because of my second time recording it, but neither here nor there. It looks like Brett Rippon's going to play in this game, long story short. 
and that should give Green Bay a big advantage in this one. Even if Stafford does play, you have to wonder what his grip strength would be. It would probably be a last time, you know, last moment game time decision. And sometimes those don't exactly go according to plan either. So you're either going to end up with a healthy Brett Rippon or a likely injured slash not at full strength Matthew Stafford, who may not have full grip strength, may not be able to get the ball fully downfield. But I can tell you this, if Stafford plays in the game, I'm sure he's going to grit it out and gut it out in some capacity. And that's still a dangerous quarterback. If Rippon plays, well, we're going to get into exactly what Green Bay needs to do in that situation as well. But again, as of recording this, Matthew Stafford not ruled out, but extremely unlikely to play in this game. At 10.30 a.m., we will get our first look at the inactives. Matthew Stafford for the Rams is going to be the big one. I feel like this could swing it in either direction. If Matthew Stafford goes, that makes this much more complicated for Green Bay. If he does not, you get a Brett Rippon, who is an interesting quarterback, can be very accurate at times, but I think nobody's fooling anyone. If you're Green Bay, you much would you know would much rather go against Brett Rippon than any version of Matthew Stafford in this one. Meanwhile, for Green Bay, Quay Walker, Rudy Ford, the two questionable players that did not practice on Friday. My expectation is that neither play. There's no you know update or report as of recording this that either will not play. But with neither practicing on Friday, would certainly trend in the you know direction of not playing uh, on Sunday. That's a huge issue for Green Bay because they're going to have backup safety, backup linebacker if that does end up being the case. Against Brett Rippon, you would love to have your full slate of starters, but it is what it is. You got to get through it and got to find a way to get off the field and play solid defense despite likely not having Quay Walker or Rudy Ford. But that 10.30 a.m. Central Time inactive list, Stafford for the Rams, Quay and Ford for the Packers, those are going to be the ones to keep an eye on. I think the really interesting thing in this one is the expectations for this game. And what I mean by that is if there is no Matthew Stafford, which I'm expecting at this point, the odds of Green Bay winning this game go up exponentially. It's not going to be easy. I'm not just chalking up an easy Green Bay win here. Green Bay's offense has been their biggest issue, and that has nothing to do with Matthew Stafford or not. Like Green Bay could go out and have a six-point performance against the Rams defense, and nobody would be shocked at that. And you know, Brett Rippon could put up nine points; they win nine to six. And sure, like Matthew Stafford being out does not guarantee Green Bay anything, but the odds of winning definitely go up. But the expectations for Green Bay and the pressure for Green Bay goes through the roof. And usually, when we talk about pressure, we're talking about all right. Well, if they lose this game, are they out of the playoff picture? Or like. But in this situation, it is, you've lost four games in a row. You are two and five on the season. You have likely the Brett Rippon-led LA Rams coming to town, a West Coast team playing a noon game, a backup quarterback in Lambeau Field. And if you cannot win that game, things could spiral very, very quickly for this Green Bay team. They've already spiraled to this extent. If they lose this one, it it gets scary to see just how much this could spiral moving forward. There are winnable games left on the schedule. You've got the Giants, you've got the Panthers, you've got the Bears, you've got Minnesota without Kirk Cousins. There are winnable games, but none may be as winnable as this one if Brett Rippon is in fact the starting quarterback. Like I said, I'm not guaranteeing anything. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but a loss to a backup quarterback at home against a Rams team that's not that great anyway, man, I, I would expect... And I'm not saying like this is going to be like the highest of levels or Matt LaFleur or anything like that, but I would expect a loss here would result in some sort of change. 
because that just spells disaster at that point. And we're not speaking that into existence. I'm not hoping that happens. I'm hoping Green Bay gets a win and they can start turning things around. And I'm not talking about reeling off wins. I'm just talking about getting a win in the win column, maybe getting some confidence for these young players and maybe just kind of at least trending for one week, at least in the right direction. I think that would even have a huge effect on this young Packers team. But if it goes in the opposite direction, look out. Cause like I said, this could spiral very, very fast for green Bay. All right, let's go over the keys to this game. 12 as always that we'll go over. And I want to start with number one, and that's how you play Brett Rippon. I remember watching a lot of Brett Rippon coming out of college. Don't ask me why, but I did. Uh, and I really liked his game. The interesting thing is he wasn't a super crazy deep ball quarterback, doesn't have a great arm, but if you get him in rhythm and you get him some timing throws and you give him some opportunities to hit open wide receivers, he will get in rhythm. He will have some accuracy and he will have some success. Well, what does Joe Barry's defense do? Well, let's keep everything in front of us and let's make sure that we're wrapping up and tackling and we'll allow some of those efficient throws. What is the Rams offense known for? Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, two wide receivers that can get open, that can find space, and that could get Brett Rippon into a rhythm and having that accuracy and allowing those guys to win after the catch. That to me is an issue for Green Bay. Now, there's no perfect solution here because you come in press uh, and you play press man. Well, you don't have Razul anymore and Puka and uh, and Cooper Cup will run man beaters all day long and they'll beat you that way as well. I just think the thing that you have to be very cognizant of is just not allowing Brett Rippon to get into that rhythm and allow some of those easy completions to Nakua and to Cooper Cup and to get him into that rhythm. You do that and it is a recipe for disaster and Rippon will beat you. This is still an NFL quarterback. He still has the ability, like I said, intermediate and short to beat you with accurate throws. And if you give him the opportunity to do so, he will do so. So how Green Bay and Joe Barry attacks this one is going to be very interesting to me. If I, if it's me, I'm making Brett Rippon beat me down the field. Two reasons for that. One, again, that's not what he is known for. And two, actually three reasons. Two is these wide receivers love winning short and intermediate. Not that they can't beat you long, but that's their primary, you know, like what they're best at. And three, the Rams offensive line is not very good. And if you, you know, if he's got to take five, seven step drops, that's going to give Rashawn Gary and those pass rushers more opportunity to get to the quarterback. And you know what? I trust these cornerbacks down the field as well. I need to challenge Brett Rippon to beat me down the field. And if you don't, you are asking for disaster and a potential you know, Rams offense, I can get some points on the board and we know Green Bay's offense is struggling. You don't want the Rams to get some easy points on the board and just to control the clock and all the things that we've seen all season long. So how Joe Barry and this defense plays Brett Rippon, huge in this one. Number two, the reverse. How do the Rams play Jordan Love? This is always the age old question of, and I, I kind of brought the same thing up with Minnesota last week. Do you do what you do best or do you take away, you know, and, and kind of game plan so you, you force Jordan Love to do what he, you know, face a defense that he's worst against? And more what I mean here is this Green Bay offense can't get anything going. They can't run the ball. They can't throw the ball down the field. They can't throw the ball with efficiency. They're not hitting their anything in rhythm. There's just nothing working. This Rams defense, if you think Joe Barry's defense is soft zone coverage, the Rams take that even to another level. And it's interesting because if I'm the Rams, the last thing I want is Jordan to feel any level of comfortability and just to have those easy completions. Like Again, Green Bay's offense isn't doing anything. You can get home with four. You can play seven in coverage. You can bring everything up a little bit. You can keep two safeties over the top and there's just nothing there for Jordan Love. 
So do you want to play what, again, Green Bay's offense can't have success against and kind of play a little bit more of a aggressive brand of football? Or do you want to play what you're best at and play your off zone coverage, knowing that Jordan Love could get in a little bit of a rhythm and something that he has not been able to do pretty much all season long. So that's going to be interesting for me. Now I can understand the Rams thinking of they're like, Hey, this, this Green Bay offense cannot put 12 play 80 yard drives together. So we will dare you to do that three times a game. We don't think that you can. And that might be the right opportunity and option against Green Bay and Jordan Love. But I'm just going to be a little bit interested, especially if Jordan does find some of those easy throws and get into a rhythm. Do the Rams kind of change up their defense and maybe play a little bit more aggressive up against Green Bay's wide receivers? This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Does anyone else struggle with the seasonal blues? I know for me personally, it's not so much the hustle and bustle or anxiety of the season. It's more of memories of holidays past. Thinking back to times when my kids were younger, when different family members were still around, it can all make me extremely nostalgic for holidays that have come and gone. I know everyone's a little bit different and for a multitude of reasons, this time of season can be a lot. And if that's you too, don't fret. It's natural to feel sadness, anxiety, or stress during the holiday season. I think something that we can easily forget is that therapy can be a bright spot amidst all the stress and chaos. It can be something to look forward to, it can make you feel grounded, and it can give you the tools that you need to manage everything that's going on in your life. I've personally benefited from therapy in the past. I'm sure I'm going to benefit from therapy again in the future. I've learned to take a deep breath and enjoy the moments that are happening in the here and the now, and I try to slow down in those crazy busy moments that are sure to exist this holiday season. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give better help a try. It's entirely online, extremely convenient, and can be suited to your unique schedule. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash packaday. Cue the dramatic music. We have a public service announcement. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's the most revolutionary ball trimmer the world has ever seen. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand new performance package 5.0 Ultra. Featuring the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, we're talking about a next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultrasphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code PACKADAY. High-tech for low places, Manscaped. Personally, Manscaped is my go-to for all of my grooming needs. Manscaped has some crazy technology that helps prevent nicks, cuts, snags, and tugs in all those ultra-sensitive places. I also personally recommend the Crop Soother Aftershave Lotion that just makes the entire experience so much better. In an area that you have to have trust, I trust Manscaped, and you should too. Right now, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. That's 20 percent off plus free shipping with code packaday at manscape.com. I can promise you've never seen a ball trimmer look like a spaceship. So get yours today from our folks over at Manscaped. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Pick's favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? 
You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Number three, going back to the other side of the ball, we mentioned Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. You have to have a plan for those two. And it's not easy because we just talked about you don't want to necessarily play a ton of off zone coverage. You don't want to play a ton of man because again, they'll man beater you to death. And those guys can win against pretty much any single coverage. I kind of like the Bill Belichickian, hey, play Jair Alexander on Puka Nakua and hopefully you can take him away and then double Cooper Cup and hopefully you take him away. And you know maybe you, meet, you make uh, Tutu Atwell or one of those other guys kind of beat you. This is going to be a big day for Keyshawn Nixon, Jair Alexander, and specifically Carrington Valentine. I'm sure they're going to attack those guys. The Rams receivers are really freaking good and they will find ways to get open. This is going to be a battle for Green Bay secondary, but Joe Barry needs to have multiple options in multiple ways, multiple coverages that they're throwing at these wide receivers. Make their day miserable as much as you possibly can and just make it so that Brett Rippon does not have easy reads to throw to those wide receivers. I think that's going to be the most important part there. Number four, this should be a Rashawn Gary day all day long. You have two offensive tackles in Joe Noteboom and Alaric Jackson that should be huge mismatch nightmares for Rashawn Gary in a positive way. He's likely going to line up more against Joe Noteboom to begin with, which I love that matchup. Even if Noteboom has some level of success, switch him to the other side, let him go against Alaric Jackson. He should win both of those matchups with ease in the run game, in the passing game. And I'm not talking about your usual six or seven pressures for Rashawn Gary. I'm talking in this one, eight pressures, two or three sacks, forced fumble, fumble recovery, something like that. I need Rashawn Gary to be a big time impact player in this game because he has two matchups that he should win on either side of the field, throw him wherever you want, let him cook, get in some third and longs and let Rashawn Gary do the dirty work. He should win and win big in this game against those two offensive tackles. Likewise, on the interior, Steve Avila, their rookie guard, really liked him coming out, but he's had some struggles. I do think you can beat him with uh, a variety of different pass rushers in this one. I don't think you need to name one. I think Carl Brooks and his hands can beat Steve Avila. I think Kenny Clark. I think Devontae Wyatt. I think TJ Slayton. I think all of those guys can beat him. Their center's not great either. There's going to be some opportunities to win with quickness on the inside, get some immediate pressure, flash color for Brett Rippon, and he's going to start taking his eyes down, which is going to give your corners an opportunity to get those, you know, hopefully have better success against Nakua and Cup than if Rippon's eyes are downfield, not feeling pressure and just kind of throwing in rhythm. I think those matchups, again, Rashawn Gary on the outside and the defensive lineman against Steve Avila, those are matchups Green Bay can win, should win, and should win often in this game. Number six, the Rams struggle in coverage, and more importantly, they struggle to tackle. This has to be a game where the wide receivers specifically, Jaden Reed, 
I'm going to say Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, these guys need to earn their paycheck this week. They did not, in my opinion, a week ago. That was a really rough day for the wide receivers. In fact, what I would argue is the worst day for the wide receivers on the season. Worst one I've probably seen in a while. This is a a secondary that these wide receivers can not only win against, but they can break tackles. They can make plays. This offense desperately needs a five-yard play that goes for 45 yards or just some sort of explosive that doesn't require a 40 air yard throw down the field. Just something where the wide receiver catches it in stride, makes a move, gets upfield, and gets some huge yards. Green Bay is desperately in need of some of those type of plays. They haven't been getting them lately. They need them in this game, and they have a matchup where they should be able to get some of those that are advantageous for Green Bay. Number seven, get Jordan Love in rhythm early. I'm not even saying, you know, the, the obvious ones here where they got to win the turnover battle or got to get points early or those sort of things. We, we know those, but you got to get Jordan Love in some sort of rhythm. He has struggled early in games, specifically, and the entire offense has. It hasn't just been Jordan. I went you know, back last week, and again, you look at the one for three to begin with, and it should have been four for four. It's not just on Jordan, but it does seem like he gets his juices flowing a little bit more when he starts maybe running around a little bit. Maybe give him a read option to begin with, and maybe let him get, take a hit or a, a bootleg or something where he's getting hit, getting moving, and you know, getting upfield. He seems to, again, get a little excited, a little bit more jazzed up. And just kind of in a, a rhythm with the football game. I'm not saying a rhythm throwing, but it seems like it kind of wakes him up a little bit. That's what I want to see. I want to see them get him moving. I want to see them get him some easy throws and just in any sort of rhythm early in this game so you can hopefully have somewhat of an efficient offense in the first half for the first time since really the Atlanta game. Next is sticking with Jordan Love. This Rams defense will allow you to sort of paper cut them. You have to take advantage of that. Two sides of this. And, and this is basically my Aaron Donald plan because there is no Aaron Donald plan that's going to work. Now, Elton Jenkins has had some success against Donald, but there's no foolproof Aaron Donald plan. The only way that you can beat him consistently is by getting the ball out of your hands. And the Rams defense marries up well with that because again, they play a lot of off coverage. So for Jordan, two sides of this game. If he's going big game hunting and he's, you know, trying to go through his fourth and fifth progression and, you know, not getting the ball out of his hands to his playmakers, you're in for a long day. That's setting up to the Rams coverage and exactly what they want. And that's setting up for Aaron Donald to eat all day long, just like Rashawn Gary on the other side. If he's getting the ball out of his hands in the hands of his playmakers against a defense that's playing off coverage and doesn't tackle very well, and now you're taking Aaron Donald out of the game as well, that's your opportunity for success. Which version and which game we get is going to go a long way in deciding the outcome in this one. Number nine, win the special teams battle. The Rams are one of the few teams in the league that have less experienced special teams specialists than Green Bay does. Their kicker was just signed off a practice squad a couple weeks ago. They have a rookie punter, a rookie long snapper. Again, even less experienced than Green Bay has with a first-time punter and a rookie kicker. This is one where Green Bay can win. I need to see some Keyshawn Nixon. I need to see some Jaden Reed and just maybe some lack of mistakes. This is one where Green Bay can win the special teams battle, and I think that could be a key to this game as well. Number 10, third down defense, brutal against Minnesota, completely unacceptable against Minnesota. I do think the Rams are going to be in some third and long situations. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball very well against Green Bay. I just don't think their running game is that strong. I don't think they're going to hit some of those explosives down the field. I think you're going to get in some third and five plus. Minnesota lived in third and five plus and had no issue against Green Bay with it whatsoever. Green Bay needs to do a much better job, have a much better plan and cannot get beat. And they got to get off the field and get the ball back to the Packers offense. I'm sure the Packers offense is going to have some third and three and outs, excuse me. 
the defense has to generate those as well. And it can't be another 15 play drive, 18 play drive, seven play drive, nine play drive, and just these long bleeding the clock scoring drives that just paper cut Green Bay to death. Cannot happen. Got to get off the field on third down. Number 11, cut, copy, and paste the run defense plan against Minnesota and do it again this week against the Rams. It was really impressive against Minnesota. Two yards per carry. I know Minnesota's run game isn't very good. Neither is the Rams. I think this is one. They don't have great running backs. They don't have explosive running backs. You do your job like you did against Minnesota. You're going to have success against the Rams as well. That's going to get you in those third and longs for Brett Rippon. That's going to give Rashawn Gary the opportunity to beat those offensive tackles. And again, that is a easy recipe for Green Bay success this week. And number 12, last but not least, don't beat yourself. Green Bay is in a very bad habit right now of losing the game on their own accord. Tons of penalties, especially penalties in really awful situations, turnovers, drops, errant throws, a missed kick here or there, whatever it might be. Green Bay, we know they're young. We know they're inexperienced. We know there's going to be hiccups from time to time, but they just have to play a better brand of football, cannot beat themselves, and have to have the Rams beat them. They do that, and I really like Green Bay's chances in this one. If Green Bay has another game where they keep kicking themselves and you know basically are just giving the game to the Rams because of their own mistakes, it's going to be the same exact thing that we've seen over the last four weeks. This one, Green Bay cannot beat themselves, and if they can do that, I really like their chances in this game. Just a quick recap of all 12. Figure out how you want to play Brett Rippon and maybe play a little bit more aggressive. Figure out how the Rams are playing Jordan Love. And I guess that's more of just kind of one that I'm keeping an eye on more than maybe a key to this game, but does it allow Jordan to get in a little bit of a rhythm? The matchups with Nakua and Cup, Rashawn Gary beating those offensive tackles, take advantage of Steve Avila at left guard. The Rams struggle to tackle and struggle in coverage. Take advantage of that. Get Jordan uh, Jordan Love in a rhythm early. Make sure that Jordan's using his checkdowns and getting the ball out of his hands. Win the special teams battle. Third down defense need to, needs to be much better. Same run defense game plan as a week ago. And do not beat yourselves. You do that. And I like, like I said earlier, I like Green Bay's chances a lot in this one. I'm going, believe it or not, Packers 23, Rams 13, a 10-point victory at Lambeau Field. Desperately, desperately need it. And like I said, they don't get this one. I could see some changes and I could see things spiraling very fast. I don't think it's going to happen though. I think Green Bay picks up the win at home. And finally, finally, after, I know it seems like forever. I know it hasn't been that long, but finally Green Bay picks up a win in the win column. Regardless of whether or not it's against Brett Rippon and the Rams, we will take it any way that we can get it. And hopefully that is a, a positive for, uh, you know, that Green Bay needs and they can get headed in the right direction for the rest of the season. Shout out to our Hall of Fame and All-Pro members, Most Hated Minnesotan, PJ Wynn, John Wilde, Shea Bradad, Ronaldo Espinoza, Jennifer Wright, Boom Handle, and Donald Lee. Appreciate you guys a ton. I will be right back here tomorrow with an all-new episode, so make sure not to miss it. Should be with uh, Perry Goldstein and Alex Strofe recapping the entire game. Always great episodes with them. Make sure to subscribe if you have not already. Enjoy the game, everyone. I'll see you soon, but until next time, and as always, Go Pack Go!